0: Have you passed 10 grand a month in MR yet? No, not yet. We're hoping too soon though. You've got to be close. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. That's a special moment. Even though you've done it before, it's still a special moment. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting, like Hello, everyone. My guest today is Jeff Epstein. He's an investor, mentor, advisor, and generally a huge fan of tech, sports, and business. Now, along with all this, he is now founder of Onboard.io. That's Onboard.io, a B2B SaaS to stream on onboarding for every customer. He previously founded, built, and sold Ambassador, a referral marketing program platform. Jeff, you ready to take us to the top? Yes, absolutely. All right, listen, we haven't chatted, I don't think, since the ambassador days. But my gosh, I'll tell you what, there's so many SaaS founders I interview, and they say our number one channel it's affiliates. But it's always difficult to manage the affiliate model. So you played in that space at Ambassador. Close that story out for us. What happened?
1: Yeah, so uh, it was a it was a great ride. Um, in in 2017, late 2017, we decided we were going to think about like selling uh, the business, and so ran through a process and. You know, we could talk for hours and hours about how that went, but ultimately it was it was a pretty successful outcome. Um it was you know bittersweet of course uh but the great news was everyone uh you know did fairly well obviously all the shareholders were um you know they they received sort of an, a really nice sort of uh sort of surprise from, from many folks uh from from stock obviously um and many of the many of the team ended up moving up and joining uh the acquire which was West Corporation in you know various capacities but ultimately uh could move throughout the organization and of course move up inside of ambassador as well so it was it was a win win um but, you know, it was, it was bittersweet and it was, for me, it was time to to focus on something else after about a decade. Which was-
0: what, what made it bittersweet? I mean, I, I'm going off memory here, but I think like when you came on, I, I mean, you were like, uh, like, I don't know, like three or four million in 2017, I want to say. And then you'd more than doubled, I think, in 2018 to like eight or nine million. And you were pretty, you were pretty capital efficient. I think you'd only raised like five million or six million bucks. Is that all right?
1: Yeah. So we, we actually only, we raised under 3 million. And oh, wow. so we, we were capital efficient. I think, you know, looking back, I think it was a little bit of burnout, to be honest, uh, for, huh. for me and just the team, I mean, we pushed really hard and, you know, I think we outworked a lot of competitors. Uh, you know, we was sort of a motto to do more with less. Uh, and I think it catches up with you. And I think it, as a team, I think we were, uh, really close knit and, and super proud of everyone and they did a great job. But, uh, I know personally for me, I was, uh, i i think i was kind of burnt out myself just pushing so hard for so long and um so it was it was i think it made sense at the time instead of sort of raising more money and like even doubling down again was to sort of you know move on and we found we found a good home uh and we thought it was a you know a really great partner and um so that was sort of the way we, we went
0: was my revenue number right there was about an eight or nine million in 2018 i think when we sold we were around eight eight okay. Okay, And well, last minute on this, right? So you remind me a lot of Andrew Gizdecki, uh, who hits the same story with why he sold business apps, which was just crushing it. I mean, you really capital efficient 15 million AR. he basically sold he shared with me about for about 1x, right? But he said, Nathan, I don't want to optimize valuation. I just want to move on and now he's building micro acquire. Can, can you help me understand sort of I mean you sold I think to I I mean you sold a private equity firm, right?
1: It was, it was a, it was a company that was run by private equity firm. So West corporation run by Entrato. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, Intra- West corporation and the, the private equity company was Apollo group. So like super huge backing, but it was from my understanding and they, they, they don't share a ton with me, right? Like we were a yeah. piece of a big pie, um, but they were pretty autonomous in terms of choosing, choosing the deal. And I think Apollo just sort of signed off on the high level logistics would be my understanding. Okay,
0: great. And and I mean, can you share like multiple in terms of revenue in terms of what you sold for 1x, 3x more?
1: I, I mean, I can't, it, we, we can't share like specifics, but it, it, was, it was definitely multiple revenue, you know, yeah. instead of like an EBITDA multiple. So it, it was, you know, it was it was a, it was a solid range. It wasn't like 10 X and it wasn't, you know, some EBITDA multiple It was definitely a revenue multiple.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I mean, congratulations, right? I mean, from everything you're telling me, what I'm really asking is like, does the capital waterfall on the exit hit the early employees you gave 0.2% equity to? And it sounds like that was a definite yes.
1: It did. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So you created, this was good for a lot of people. So, okay, let's move forward now to onboard. When did you launch the business? So we launched onboard in 2020 actually. And, um, it was based on, and, and sorry, this is when we started. We didn't actually launch until, until just about a month or two ago. Um, but the concept for Onboard was from our problems and challenges at Ambassador of launching big enterprise companies on our technology. And a lot of people had to do a lot of things and sort of managing that process. Mm-hmm.
0: What were you doing between, because you exited Ambassador, and you think you said in 2018, right? 2017?
1: 2018. Yeah. What'd you do for two years? So for, for one year, basically all of 2019, my plan was to just sort of get healthy, sort of, sort of like decompress. And I know that's like a super fortunate position to be in, but uh, that was essentially what, what I planned on doing. Uh, I did a little bit of consulting. I, t- you know, still talk to folks that were in the business and just help and mentorship and, and, and invest in some angel investing. But for the most part, I, I focused on myself. Um, yeah. And then in 2020, as we sort of got into COVID, we started kicking around ideas with some of the some of the old, uh, you know, sort of getting the band back together again. And so for most of early 2020, until we eventually um, ended up sort of starting actually working on on onboard in about April. Uh, we were sort of thinking about ideas and what are some of the things that we really had pain points with at ambassador and like, how could we address those in, in a way that no one's doing today?
0: Just touch on this quick because mental health and just health in general is a big thing. And a lot of us will ignore this. I mean, did get ambassador that household? It sounds like it actually made you some to some degree sick. You said get healthy for two years.
1: I, I mean, I think I mean, it, the, the the work itself didn't make me sick. I mean, to me, it was definitely I made myself like I I have, I, I think I have a I have pretty strong willpower and willing to push through a lot of sort of like pain. And I think like listen, it's not me, right? It's like all entrepreneurs, like they're willing to push themselves to lengths that the maybe most people wouldn't, and that's not necessarily a good thing. But I think it's probably fairly accurate. And so, I mean, for me, like I over the course of ten years, I mean, I gained probably forty pounds. You know, I you know I I wasn't eating healthy, right? Like I was traveling a lot. I wasn't sleep. I probably was sleeping like three or four hours a night. Period of many years in a row, and and I can do it. Like I sustained fairly well, Um, but it's. I think you know I'm getting older. It takes a toll, and so for me, I think all those things just added up. It wasn't like, I mean, I you know I think like I was stressed out and things like that. So I I think just focusing on you know being a little bit more mindful of my health and well being, it was certainly sort of on trend, and I think that was good that it became a little bit more mainstream and okay to think about and talk about. Uh, but for me it was it was something that i, I it was like you know what, i'm fortunate enough i can invest in these things instead of having to invest in a business like i can invest in in myself so that i can be you know better for longer essentially
0: yep you're pioneering this new concept at onboard uh, called maps which we're going to talk about here in a second uh, but first you said get the old band back together now a lot of second time entrepreneurs will say the most dilutive event was my co-founder my next thing, I'm going to have enough money. I'm just going to pay someone a lot of money and I'm going to keep hundred percent. What did you do?
1: So it's funny. I actually thought about it in the opposite way. Uh, for me, it was actually quite lonely. So I was from, for all intents and purposes, the first few years of ambassador was all me. And I, at, at points I owned almost hundred yep. percent over time, more, there were investors and then the team received, you know, a bigger chunk of, of, of the equity, which, which I think was great. And, for me, the second time around, what I, what I much more cared about was working with people that I like to spend time with and sharing some of the sort of burden of carrying it all on, on your back. And so, you know, that was the big difference for me was when when you're the solo founder, essentially, there's just so much more that you're just carrying the weight of. And, and, it, and it has to be that way, right? Like you can't, uh, you can't have it any other way, even if you hire someone to do the work, uh, the, just the equity splits and things like that, it's ultimately going to fall to you. And so I... yeah, I know I have a true co-founder with Will. It's, it's a lot more fun. Um, you know, we've both, you know, started on day one and, um, you know, we both have, you know, a big, a big chunk in the outcome and, and, you know, a big say in like how we decide things. And is Zach involved too, or is it mainly you and Matt? So, so, so it's, it's myself, Will and and Matt. Um, and Zach is sort of like a founding, was, was a founder who's now an advisor. Um, and he's obviously a really good friend and still helping us with the business, but he's not doing day-to-day, uh, right now with
0: us yes okay so that's sort of how you get things going true true co-founder this time around we'll see how it works out tell me about the first customer how'd you land them
1: yeah so the good news is we did have a little bit of a network so the first customers came through investors as we were pitching uh sort of telling them our product is being launched our investors started sort of asking their portfolio companies so the nice thing was we did have companies really as soon as we tuned the product on we had you know a handful of companies using it uh, we're still super early, so we're still definitely iterating on on the feedback of those early customers, and then you know the next few dozen that are that are using us and, and paying us now. Uh, but it's it's fun. It's 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 moving way back to the beginning of the of the spectrum where it's you know really learning and understanding and, and really diving into the use cases and, and the little intricacies of the product.
0: So you said a couple dozen, what 36, 48 customers paying today?
1: Yeah, even even yeah, we have uh, yeah a couple dozen, so even a little bit less than that.
0: Okay, got it. We'll call it 30 or so. And um the first comes from the network, which is great. I always love when folks use the raise process to land investors or investor portfolio companies as customers. It's obviously a smart way to do it. How much did you end up raising?
1: We only raised uh 1.25 million. So in this day and age, not a ton, but uh the beauty was it was old investors who literally gave us money pre-product, pre-team. So it was, you know, myself and Will sort of you know, and and Zach at the time were talking about, you know, what do we want to do? And uh, one of our investors was like, hey, you're not going to do this without taking our money. So, uh, and, and I love I love working with them. It was, you know, Ludlow uh, Ventures has done really well. And so they were like, you, you got to do this. So,
0: oh, and you just earned them a, pr- maybe not a blockbuster return, but a pretty darn healthy return at an ambassador.
1: That definitely, yeah. They, yeah. Did, they did well. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. You, I mean, you you wouldn't take, I mean, you have a million yourself. I mean, you could have funded it, but really having the partner is why you did it. And they also brought in customers, it sounds like. Exactly. Yeah. And
1: okay. It's a little bit more, yep, runway. What
0: do you, wh- so... You also, you know, 8 9 10 years ago we're getting your first 30 customers at Ambassador. You approach those 30 probably different than you're approaching the first 30 at Onboard. What's the biggest difference? Are you listening to all the ideas they give you or are you being more deliberate?
1: So the really the biggest thing for me there's really two two specifics. One is it was a problem that we actually faced this this time. So with with Ambassador, it was much more of a concept, an idea that I had that I thought would make sense, but it wasn't something that I actually lived in. I w- I was never an affiliate marketer at a, at a at a business. I had like an affiliate little side company that I, that I had. So I had some ideas, but I didn't really feel the pain. With Onboard, we felt this pain very clearly. Uh, me as running a team and trying to mitigate churn and understand how do we grow our you know top line but also how do we grow our bottom line like our you know how do we keep customers longer and will uh was you know he he was also in charge with making customers happy right and keeping them retaining them and onboarding them as quickly as possible and keeping our onboarding team efficient so we you know we didn't have to hire new employees every time we closed an, a new deal uh so this was a pain that we felt really closely right being a super um scrappy and capital uh capital efficient team uh so that's that's first and foremost and then second was you know, we are focused on sort of trying to, to hit a niche as, you know, B2B and maybe software and maybe even, even more narrowly SaaS versus trying to solve all things for all people, right? And the first time founder, I'm like, I just wanted to say yes to everything and then just start building that. And then you end up do, going in 50 different directions and you're like, does it actually work for anyone specific? And so this time we're more intentional. It's, it's hard though. I mean, it, I understand why I did it now because it's so hard to, see someone walk away, even though they're like, oh, this is perfect if you did this one thing, but the one thing isn't in the roadmap.
0: Yep. Yep. Now 30 customers, your pricing page is more mature than most startups. We'll talk about that in a second. But I imagine most of these folks are, what, 200, 300 bucks a month, something like that? Yeah. So okay. have you passed Have you passed 10 grand a month in MR yet? No, not yet. We're hoping too soon, though. You've got to be close. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. That's a special moment, even though you've done it before. It's still a special moment. I want to talk about your pricing page, right? Because because you, you've done something here which I think is compelling. You've given yourself the opportunity to upsell against multiple pricing axes, right? You have the user based upsell, and then you have a per seat price under that. You also can say, let's test upselling based off product upselling. They only get outboard if they're on sort of the more advanced plans. And you also do things like you know the custom branding, right, or the de- designated customer success manager on the top tiers. Why were these sort of your initial? Um, shots at like how to set up the pricing page?
1: Yeah. So we were thinking about pricing from a couple of different perspectives and the beauty of getting funding earlier in the process versus last time where it was coming out of my pocket was we want to optimize for information and feedback instead of optimizing for revenue. So it's an intentional decision on our on our side to price much lower than we where we expect to be in the next year. And in fact, we've actually already raised our prices once. Yeah. Um, Same thing in Ambassador, we raised our prices every quarter for almost five years and we didn't lose customers. We ended up moving up market, of course, but um, we found that if we can deliver on a product and deliver even more value, the prices um, is not the main determinant for, for the sale. In this case, though, we want the low price to be a determinant, so people try us and give us feedback, and we can get more people in the door and learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the that that's the intent there. But we do know as well that there are some people that are willing to pay a lot more for other things that we can provide, like you know more more you know more more of an onboarding or con- a consultative type um, experience. So we wanted to leave those options open for some of the bigger companies that they don't care at all about the price, but they do care about basically maybe having their hand held a little bit more or for having you know more customization and things like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, is the customization and the sort of higher touch you, you can put on these folks, I mean, is that going to be the mousetrap that allows you to really differentiate from like, you know, the Pendos of the world?
1: It, it, it can be, you know, I mean, I think, you know, the the biggest differenti- inter- differentiation we see from a company like Pendo and, it's, and we're sort of walking into a, a a muddy muddy waters here where Pendo does a lot of user guiding and we we consider what they do actually user onboarding so helping an individual user of a product or service get click through the appropriate points we 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 see ourselves as what we call company onboarding which is really getting the technology implemented so that that user can in fact actually walk through efficiently so it's really all the things that need to be done before the user even gets access and so we yeah. we see them as more complementary than competitive even though the word onboarding is used in both cases, which is a little bit confusing.
0: Is this sort of a throwback to, you know, ambassador couldn't work unless I installed JavaScript, but the marketer you're selling to can't do that without the tech team. So you're basically now helping people that have to do more more, more in-depth things to onboard besides click a button here or there. You're helping them do that.
1: Exactly. That's exactly right. Without, without the JavaScript, the marketer can't be successful. And in order for the JavaScript to work, we need to sign off from legal compliance design and all these folks and then the marketer can get the walkthrough from Pendo. But before that, all these other things need to happen.
0: And that's where you want to play.
1: Yes. Exactly. Ah, I
0: see. Okay. We heard about your co-founder. Splash out the rest of the team. How many folks full time? We have five. Five. Okay. And does that include you three?
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. So how many of you guys are actually pushing code? Three pushing code, myself and Will, non-technical, uh, but technical enough to be dangerous and certainly <laughs> speak, to, speak to onboarding. So we're doing everything else, you know, sales, success. Uh, a little bit of product as well. And then we have the three uh, ex-ambassador uh, devs who are awesome and just jamming away.
0: Well, Jeff, you're in hot space, man. I'm, it's fun to see you execute here. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book.
1: Oh, I, I'm going to go with the hard thing about hard things.
0: Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying?
1: Um, man, uh, I mean, it's super cliche, but Elon Musk uh, is is obviously one that I'm always interested in following.
0: Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Onboard.io besides your tool?
1: I'm big fans of HubSpot. They've really come a long way.
0: Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night?
1: So my my, my goal is about eight. So I'm, pro- I'm probably I'm at about seven, which is a lot more than before.
0: And what's your situation, Jeff? Married, single kiddos? Married, two dogs, no kids. No kids. And how old are you?
1: I'm um, turning 40 in a couple of weeks. A big four. Oh, take us back 20 years. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? man uh that everything was gonna work out i think okay
0: Guys, he learned a bunch at Ambassador, grew to about a $9 million run rate, very capital efficient, sold it back in 2018, took two years off to get healthy, now coming back at it, building a tool for himself, plus his first 30 customers, Onboard.io, inventing maps, really helping people do the more in-depth things to get your tool working for them, like JavaScript uh, embeds and things of that nature, so that then others can come on and actually help uh, get more users onboarded with clicks and things of that nature. We'll see what happens. They're about to pass 10000 bucks a month in revenue. Again, capital efficient, $1.4 raised as Jeff looks to scale. Jeff. Thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan. I appreciate it.